Good morning, everybody. My name is Ray Eckhoff. I'm here hosting with uh, Tim Davis, the Eastern Monmouth Area Chamber of Commerce podcast for Friday the 7th. Am I right on the date? Yeah, it is okay. Friday the 7th. And thank right. God it's Friday. <laughs> I think we all feel the same way. <laughs> and so my favorite thing to say on Friday morning is, uh, you know, it, it is Friday morning and we're uh, getting ready for the weekend, but we're going to have podcast and coffee here with Eastern Monmouth Area Chamber of Commerce. We have our Spinnaker Award winners here today for community service of Zigger Fuchs. Did I say it right? Did I get got it? it? Nailed uh, it. Awesome. We have Lynn and Lynn Staffenberg. And what what do you do with Zager Fuchs? Uh, I'm a partner at Zager Fuchs for the last six years. Um, I am the sole matrimonial attorney there. So I handle okay. divorce, custody, child support, premarital agreements, all that stuff. And then the other area of my practice is elder law, which is estate administration, estate planning, estate litigation, some guardianships for the elderly um, and for children with special needs, some trust planning. Um, and that's the bulk of my practice. That's the only areas I focus on at this point. Wow. I just walk into some place and one of my, my earnest referral partners walks in. And I didn't even know it. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, say your last name for me. Please. Asadi. Asadi. I, I was going to get it right, but I didn't want to screw it Most up. Most people so. get it right. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kevin, what do you do with Zager? I do a lot of real estate based work, whether it's transactional, real estate development, landlord tenant work, tax appeals. Um, and and title actions in court, you name it. Uh, if it has anything to do with real estate, I've got experience with it. Awesome, awesome. So the reason you guys are here today is that your your organization has spent a, a lot of time and effort in in the developing community relations and, and and giving back to the community. So tell me how and what what things that you do that that give back to the community because yeah. I know that you're really well I'm sorry yeah, de definitely and, and one of the other things I wanted to point out just right away too is that um, you know being involved in the community obviously is a lot of different things but um, they have been Zager Fuchs has been involved with the chamber for um, I've been with, involved with the chamber for 30 years and as long as I've been on the chamber and involved they've been involved so I, I know Kevin and, and Lynn probably don't know exactly how long Al was involved and whether Mr. Fuchs was involved originally, I'm not really sure. Um, but it's 30 plus years they've been involved in the chamber. So right there tells you how dedicated they are to community service. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, we're, you know, that's that's part of what uh, what we're here to discuss. So right. you, know, you want to you want to jump in first? Yeah. Later? One, of, one of the things we do every year is we sponsor the Two River Theater Company. And, um, you know, that's really important. And unfortunately, the arts have really suffered Terribly. Uh, from COVID, um, but we've sponsored them for as long as I can remember for many, many years. And um, it's so important. And I went to a show there and it was just it was just amazing. And I was proud to be a sponsor to see, you know, these talented actors and actresses and singers. And, and it's very rewarding to support that because I think it's arts are so important. Um, and I'm hoping that things get back to normal. So that's one of our biggest things. Um, I also think we've um, contributed over the years to the fulfill, you know, that used to be the food bank. Yep. Um, Kevin, you can jump in now and then I'll jump back. Sure. Um, <laughs> you know, Ray, Ray brought up uh, kind of the history of the firm a little bit as far as it uh, relates to the chamber. Um, but even before that, you know, Abraham Zager and Larry Fuchs, who uh, the firm is named for, um, who are both deceased. We lost Larry in 2020. Um, so we remember him fondly. Um, those are two men who whose record of service in this community goes way back. Abe Zager uh, was a volunteer fireman. Um, I never had the pleasure of meeting him. But when he passed away, the, there was a procession of fire trucks down Broad Street. Wow. Wow. Um, so it just gives a sense of why, despite the fact that the two of those gentlemen um, aren't with us anymore we keep the name it means something in this community and um all of us attorneys at the firm ever since i started there in 2005 um have been encouraged and and expected uh to do uh, some community service in some way um you know personally i i've served on my community's land use boards for a good 14 years 
this is the first year I haven't been on a board because um, soccer coaching has taken over. <laughs> so, All-encompassing. Which is still service. It's a different type of service. Yeah, yeah. That's better service. Yeah, it's I a lot of fun. Kids. Yeah. It depends on how good the parents are. <laughs> we, we, our freehold soccer club has amazing families. Uh, everyone's very supportive. But um, I know Lynn has uh, done a little bit of uh, surveying of uh, our partners. I to have. Talk about I have. I, I just I want to comment about Abe Zager. I had the privilege of meeting him when I first became a lawyer um, back in 1993. And he was very involved in the Bar Association. And he was one of the first people to come up to me, introduce himself. He was just such a sweetheart and to offer his assistance if I needed anything because I was a new lawyer. But the Bar Association named a professionalism award after him. So they have the Abraham Zager Professionalism Award that they prevent, present every year. Past winners are Gregory Baxter, Chaz Uliano. Um, oh, my gosh. Now I'm drawing a blank um, <laughs> on who just won it. Jimmy, the prosecutor. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I will come back. Jimmy, forgive me. It's going to come back to me. Um, so in any event, um, you know, that's important, you know, for his impact on the on the Mammoth Bar Association in our community. Um, for me, I have been I'm the past president of the Legal Aid Society and um, have been on the board. I'm now a, a lifetime member because I've been there so long. Um <laughs> And we provide legal services to the um, indigent in the community. Basically, what we do is we match lawyers on a pro bono basis um, to the clients um, and we, you know, serve them, serve the community in that way, which is very important. And I've been very dedicated to that association. How, how do how do you um, how does that work? How do they get involved? Are you are you contacted by um, by other Organizations like, as an example, uh, 180 Turning Lives Around with domestic violence. No, and, well, so 180 what, Turning Lives Around has no, their own right. panel of attorneys. How Legal Aid Society works is a person calls. We have an executive director, Valerie Hemhauser, mm -hmm. um, and we have an assistant, Robert. They vet the candidates over the phone to see if they meet the guidelines okay. because there's strict guidelines in terms of income and assets in order okay. to be eligible for okay. free. So um, they're contacting you directly. Then. They, they contact us directly. The okay, then not through other organizations they, necessarily. Right. They fill out right. an application to see if they qualify. The executive director meets with them. You know, our board meets every other month to discuss our fundraising efforts because, you know, we, it's very bare bones and, and we've got to try to keep our doors open. And when I was president, um, I don't remember the year, but we had to close down for two weeks because we had no money wow. and i we we just developed all these fundraisers and you know we we sort of cleaned house and you know we're back we're right. back in action right. and and things are really much better than right. they were and we've been getting more grants and we've Good. been able to sustain ourselves but you know that that organization's been around for 75 years i mean yeah. it's it's pretty amazing um i am also the incoming president of monmouth bar association as of next congratulations thursday yeah. um so i've been involved in a lot of the community things i'm a former um co-coordinator of the mock trial competition i don't know if, if you ever heard of it uh, I've heard of it. I, I've heard of it. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I, where the high school students yeah. make a team and mock trial mock and they trial, participate right. at the courthouse. This year they did it virtual. Jonathan Cohen, who's chairing it now, did an amazing job. Um, but that was very rewarding to, right. to do that and see these students just, you know, embrace the case and perform in a real courtroom. So, um, you know, those those are some of the things that I do. I did. Um, Al Zager, of course, is very involved in. Um, the chamber. Yeah. He um, has is the former president of his temple. Um, he's very active in the organization called Change, which Kevin knows what that means. That would be a center for Holocaust and genocide education. Out of Brookdale. Yeah. Out of Brookdale. Right. Yes. Yeah, and he is very dedicated, organizes fundraisers for that. And he's been he's been involved with that. I I think since its inception as well, almost. I, I would I, probably I, say I, that's I think true. he was involved probably one of the one of the people involved at that time, because I've been to different events with him um, for the organization um, at different points in time. I, I started working with Al in 2004 and, and you know, say that's a, around the peak of his professional career. 
very busy lawyer. Um, And I I was always amazed watching him put as much time as he put into growing that organization into something that it does real things. I know that I know that at at Rumson Fairhaven High School where I was on the um, the Education Foundation, um, we used to get grant applications for the high school um, students in certain um, classes to go to see. you know, the, the, out of Brookdale, um, the entire program that's set up and they would have a speaker that would speak to them as well about everything that was going on. And I know it was very well received by the students because we got feedback from that. Yeah. It's a, it's a great, it's a great organization. We all see so many, uh, 501c3s pop up. People have an idea. It doesn't really do anything. Um, and then they just disappear. Um, this was one that, you know, Al presided over it for, you know, I don't know how many years, probably 15 years or so. And, um, saw it really grow by leaps and bounds, do really amazing things, well-respected things in this, in this area and statewide. Yeah. I mean, I, I, at one of the events that I went to, you know, they actually had, um, a Holocaust survivor come in and speak, um, which was really amazing and, and, and moving. Um, so, I mean, they've done fantastic work there. It's great. And Al's been terrific with it, I, I know. And, and, and Al also um, encouraged us, and we did, to sponsor the MS Women's Race, uh, which benefited 180 Lee, uh, Turning Lives Around, which was a boat race, I guess. You know, we've done that for the last few years. I tell you, Al's like our... our I don't want to say grandfather because he's not, but, <laughs> but, you know, he's the one who comes in and, you know, tells us what we need to do. And, yeah. you know, we listen. You he's know? our spiritual leader. Yes. <laughs> there you go. And, and again, you know, it sounds like we're, it's, it's the Al Zager show, but I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, Al, if you're watching, yeah, I, yeah. I know he's watching you know, and I think he really wanted to be here. So, you know, and he was also <laughs> integrally um, involved in, in helping to form the Eastern Monmouth area. Um, Chamber of Commerce uh, Education Foundation, which um, provides funds to non-traditional students. An example is, is a uh, you may have a working uh, mom or, or, or dad that is, is you know fully employed but needs to go back to school or wants to go back to school to earn another degree or a first degree, and they provide scholarships to those students um, and those individuals on a on a um, on an annual basis. So. Um, he was very, very, I think, again, he probably formed it. He probably wrote the bylaws, if I know Al, um, <laughs> yes. you know, and, um, and so he's been very involved in that. And, and we thank him for that because that organization has been around quite a long time. Yeah. You know, and, and our partner, Mike Warshaw, has been involved in the chamber as well. Um, he is on the Brookdale College Foundation. He is part of, I believe he's past president of the Friendly Sons of St. Patrick of the Jersey Shore. He's very proud of his Irish heritage. He's also been involved with the CBA Alumni Association and some other things. I hope I I did the highlights right, Mike. Um, (laughs) You know, but he's also very uh, community oriented. Our partner, Andy Krantz, has been very involved with Jewish and Family Children's Services. Uh, We all went to an awards dinner in his honor a few years back. Kevin was my dance partner that night. We had a good we're time. Gonna up, we're going to pop that video up. <laughs> Please don't. And, and our most recent partner, John Murdoch, has also been involved in the chamber. Um, and he's part, the chair of the Health and Wellness Committee, which makes sense because John's the most fit and, you know, fit and health conscious of us all. <laughs> and he's also been involved in Ladison. And I believe Andy's been involved in Ladison as well. So, um, we, you know, it's important. Uh, I always feel that I'm very blessed to be an attorney and to be able to be a part of this profession. And uh, giving back is is really, really very important. And, you know, I'm, I'm planning to schedule a community uh, back to the community, you know, giving back to the community day um, when I'm president of the bar and having tables set up in the courthouse. Hopefully we can be back in there yeah. with different lawyers, you know, giving you know, meeting with the public, giving advice um, on different areas and helping them, you know, to, to give back. So that's one of the things I'm working on. Um, and, you know, I've lectured a lot uh, to the community on, you know, at assisted living facilities. I've lectured at the courthouse. I've lectured for the state bar. I've lectured for the county bar, you know, just education to, to let everybody know, you know, the things they need to do. And, Great. I, and I work hard to do that. Kevin, what else do you have to say? 
I think we, we covered a lot right here this morning. Well, you, know, you know, I I guess your firm's best known to me personally from John Murdoch, who came in and, and approached the chamber about creating a new committee. And it's, it's one of the first new committees that we've created for quite some time. And you've really taken it on solely being fully responsible for it and becoming involved in it. Um, and really, you know, his his commitment is kind of what makes our chamber work. You know, I mean, the, the commitment from from you know your firm overall has made a huge difference to us but you know we are looking for uh you know people to come in and you know be involved in and you know bring ideas bring different things um it does kind of get a little bit old we get people that you know have been doing this for a long time and in i won't say they're burnt out but by any means but they've been doing it for a long time we need fresh ideas fresh Fresh insight, fresh energy. You always do. Yeah. So it, it, it was a it was it was a big deal for John to come in and how and yeah. you know we've hosted him here before as well, um, you know a couple of times I think now. Yeah. <laughs> um, some one of the things that um, you know we'd also like to do is give you the opportunity to talk a little bit more about the specifics of what what you do. Um, you know, Kevin, I know you know we've had a couple of transactions over the years, but um, maybe you can dive in a little bit more and tell a little bit more about what it is you do um, for your clients, um, you know, on a regular basis. And um, some of the things that maybe set you apart um, from some of the larger firms that are out there. Sure. You know. Well, you know, for pretty much the entirety of my career, I've been uh, doing planning and zoning board work. And when it comes to even a simple real estate transaction, uh, there could be underlying zoning issues that people aren't aware of and they don't know exist. Um, you know, I advise my clients on those kinds of things, especially clients that want to get into the investment side on real estate. There are development issues. There are landlord tenancy issues. There's tax issues. There's all kinds of things that if you have an attorney with the breadth of um, our experience and local knowledge, um, you could add a lot of value uh, by using an attorney like that. So that's what we can provide as far as real estate services go. Um, Lynn? Um, one, one of the things that I'm very passionate about um, is the elder community. I've been fortunate enough to be practicing elder law since I started. And I, I love my elderly clients. I just, I, get, I enjoy them. They, they have such wonderful stories to tell. And, you know, a lot of them have never been to a lawyer's office before. <laughs> and, you know, the, who wants to come to a lawyer and who wants to talk about wills and estate planning and everything. So sometimes they, they come and, you know, they're nervous, you know, and, you know, I'll say, oh, you know, they'll come in with their children. I'll say, oh, mom, dad, you know, how are you? You know, I want to make them feel comfortable and at ease. And I think that there's, you know, as the population el um, ages, the costs of long-term care are just astronomical. Oh, yeah. And, you know, people are getting older and living longer. And sometimes that's not always the best thing. You know, modern medicine, some of these people really are outliving themselves. <laughs> it should, right. shouldn't right. be a lot because their quality of life is, is not well. So, you know, I do a lot of um, educating the clients about Medicare and Medicaid. Um, and long-term care options and planning. Um, I also do a fair amount of state litigation when we have the cases where um, the, you know, the best example is the second wife versus the kids with the prior marriage and wills being changed at the last minute and undue influence and lack of capacity. And, you know, that gets, that gets interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, on the matrimonial side, you know, I'm helping people go through what is a terrible, terrible part of their lives. I'm right. recently divorced, so I had all this experience on my own as a as an attorney, but then going through it, it you know, I think I have a better understanding now. But you can't I, even see it. You know, you can finally see it from the other side of the table. Yeah, and right. I'm sure, you know, seeing who, who you are, I'm sure that you always tried to do that. Yes. But it's it's almost impossible because it's, you know, you, you get right. blinded by stuff. But now I understand. Yeah. <laughs> understand so going, even more. Yeah. So, you yeah, know, my... And, and going, back to, going back to the elder care law, something that I'm going through right now, um, you know, getting an idea of what has to happen before it has to happen, I can't tell you how important that is oh you right know, I, getting a plan up front getting that figured out and at least having an idea what direction you're going because you walk into it and you say oh wait 
you've got to go to assisted living tomorrow. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and like, and wait that's, a minute. That's, you know, you thought you keep thinking you had ten years to go. So I, I can't emphasize that to anybody oh more God, it's, to, it's, to, it's, to figure it out before you yeah. need it. I mean, I do crisis planning, you know, but it's better to plan ahead. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I've went, gone through it with my own parents. I've lost both my parents. And um, I, you know, I call it the down, downward spiral. You know, a yeah. family will come in and say, oh, you know, mom broke her hip and, you know, she's going to go to rehab and we're trying to take her home. Okay, take her home. And, and it, I don't want to say you know, this is the tip of the iceberg. And, right. and, and you know, there's going to, your, your parent is now going to have another event, break another bone or have a stroke and then be in and out of the hospital and home. And then, you know, is assisted living an option? And do you wait too long where your parent isn't a candidate for assisted living because they need too much assistance? Right. Um, so, you know, the, it's a, it's a very um, delicate area and, you know, I, I, I feel bad. I understand at all levels um, for, you know, these families going through it and there's so much misinformation out there. Oh my God. Yes. Everyone's like, oh my God, I, I have to transfer my house to my kids. I'm like, well, you know, Don't maybe that's it. not <laughs> the answer. Not. You know, there's tax basis issues when you do that. And there's a lot of attorneys out there who don't specialize in this area. And, and I think sometimes they, don't realize the impact. You know, Medicaid has a five-year look back if you, you know, make gifts or transfers of your property right. and then you need long-term care. And if you can't get that money back, you have a big problem. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of nuances to it. Um, and, you know, there is some crisis planning we can do, but it's better not to wait till the crisis. Right. You know, I don't want to get, you know, this, your job involves a very, a lot of emotional time. To yes. everything to everything that you do. Yes. Um, but obviously, with over the past twelve months with COVID, there's been a lot of emphasis on nursing homes, and yes. um, you know the fact that people believe um, that they are one of the most they have to be one of the most highly regulated industries out there, and that's really not true. Um, they're they're and, regulated, and, but 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 I guess there's well, I guess. Uh, the, one of the first public perceptions that somebody has is, I need to put my mom or my dad into a nursing home. So they go online, they say, okay, what are the best nursing homes in my area? And they'll come up with, you know, and there'll be ratings for those nursing homes. Mm -hmm. But those ratings aren't verified or regulated in any way. There'll well, be they are. They, they do have to do a census with the right. state and they are surveyed, I think, you know, at least once a year. What I say, and I'm not, I'm not knocking nursing homes right. in any fashion, right. but when was the last time you saw a new nursing home built? Right. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I remember it was the Jersey Shore Center when I first started practicing in Eatontown. That was the last new nursing home I recall. Now all you see is new assisted living, living facilities, right. and you know that's become the preferred method. And, right. and nursing homes look like nursing homes. Assisted living facilities, you know, sometimes I joke that I'm going to go there for the weekend. You know, I mean, you get your meals, right. you have activities, right. you know, they have happy hour. Right. Um, and I, there's a trend in the assisted living community that they're going to keep your parent um, even if they're beyond the assisted living um Time stage, you know, stage. And I have to give a shout out to Sunrise of Lincroft. Um, I just just lost my mom last week and she was um, in a nursing home and we weren't allowed to see her. We were allowed to have window visits. We were allowed to FaceTime. She had suffered a stroke and I was like, I can't leave her there. And we wanted to bring her home so badly with a, a home care agency or a home health aid. And she needed two people to move from the bed to the chair because she was paralyzed on her left side. And I, my friends at Sunrise of Lincroft, they evaluated her. And even though she needed total care, they took her there. Wow. And, and they took my father at the end of his life. And, and they, they took care of them. And right. it, it means so much to me because we were able to visit my mom there. And, and with right. COVID, it, you know, I couldn't be in the circumstance where... I got to see her at the window or at FaceTime. It just right. wasn't the same, right. you know? So I, you know, I'm, I'm blessed. I got to see her the day she passed and, you know, hug her and tell her I love her. Right. And, you know, you can't, can't put a price on that right. one, right. you know? So it's, it's, it's very tough. It's, yeah. it's, yeah. it's tough. 
Um, Kevin, um, I, I was thinking on the drive over here. Um, I know that I've been, and in my job as a commercial lending officer, I've been in situations that have kind of, you know, that, that, that I always joke um, about and saying, you know, there's this one or two or three instances where you say, boy, I can't believe I was actually involved in that. You know, what, what, <laughs> so my point is, is that, you know, what was the oddest uh, situation that you had, you know, or, or the most comical or just the most memorable situation that you had, you know, with a, with a, with a real estate transaction or a business transaction, you know, that made you just, that, that, that makes you tell the story, you know, saying, well, there's this one time when, you know, I mean, it probably happens more often than you'd like to think, but there's got to be one or two that stick out. Sometimes the extraordinary has just started to feel ordinary <laughs> to me, the way it's gone in the last uh, couple of years. Um, no, I mean, there have been a number of um, transactions over the years. One in particular that stands out is um, a gentleman was purchasing a property uh, in Long Branch from an estate. Not, not from an estate, from an actual living person. Mm-hmm. But during the pendency of the contract, the person passes away. Well, that always causes a little bit of process on top of uh, the transaction, but we don't expect too much uh, delay when that happens. <clears throat> he was still interested in the transaction, um, but then the executor takes the file and says, I'm not selling the property for that price to this guy. And he wanted to get more money for the property and he was being greedy. So my client didn't want to accept, uh, you know, a termination. And he asked me what he could do. Uh, His his previous attorney said, there's nothing you can do about it. I said, to hell there isn't. (laughs) (laughs) So we instituted a specific performance action. Mm -hmm. Uh, We went to the Chancery Court to enforce the contract. And we got an order that said the the estate must sell the property to the buyer. Well, the buyer still wouldn't cooperate. So the seller, excuse me, the estate still Still wouldn't cooperate. cooperate. So I go back to court and I ask the judge to put in her order uh, a provision that allows me to sign the deed (laughs) to the buyer myself as the buyer's attorney. Order issued. And I did it. And that was one that um, I'll never forget. Yeah. You know, I thought that was amazing. But That's really, really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I, there's a lot of things I thought you would come up with, but that's not one of them. <laughs> that's pretty cool. It's amazing what, what can be done sometimes. Yeah. But, you know, you don't know until you try. Right. Right. You know. So yeah. that's one, uh, you know, I hope that fits the bill. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> you, know, my, you know, my, I, you know, obviously involved in different scenarios over different periods of time. I, I, I had a situation where I had two, two brothers involved in a business and I happened to be out playing golf, you know, on a day off with a friend of mine. And I get a phone call from one of the brothers that says, don't talk to my brother. He's, he's taking money from me. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Or, you know, do you want to go? I, I can't really go into more depth. Just don't take any phone calls. Don't talk to him. Two minutes later, phone rings. It's the brother. <laughs> don't talk to my brother. He's robbing from me. You know, he's taking money. He's not doing what he's supposed to do. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not talking to either one of you ever, ever again. <laughs> the next thing you're going to hear is from the bank's attorney, you know, on this because we're not touching this thing. And ultimately, you know, it. fortunately for me, it was an SBA loan, which means it was guaranteed. Um, and we didn't have we didn't lose any money on it. But those two fought for years in court. Um, you know, so it's, it's one of those things you just can't you can't picture. It's always you better to, it it, on deals like that. It, it's crazy. To, one of the things when you're in transactional work, Ray, like you are, yeah. it's amazing that people are in such a rush to get into a dispute. And it's more expensive. Sometimes, you know, within 10 seconds where something needs to end up. And I always tell people, let's just go there now versus spinning our wheels for two Two years years. to end up there. You know, and it's crazy that people just let their emotions take over, especially on a business deal. Right. Right. Wow. Throw the family in there. Right. I can't. Right. I, can't right. I don't even want to. No, I can't tell like, you. Like this is a daily thing. I for can't you. tell you how many guardianship cases I have where the elderly parent may have done a power of attorney, you know, to avoid a guardianship, and a sibling thinks that the agent under the power of attorney isn't acting in mom's best interest, so they move for guardianship, and then we have 
everyone fighting to be guardian of the parent. And you, you know, you're supposed to be family and everybody's supposed to get along. Well, you know, That's that doesn't not true. And when there's money involved, for, right. forget about it. Um, I once had a case that with, this was just so bizarre where the son sued the mother in. Well, first of all, he he wanted to have her declared incompetent, but she wasn't. And then in his guardianship complaint, he said that his sister unduly influenced mom to change her will. The woman was not even gone yet. And was, he was trying to bring an undue influence claim before she passed away. And we ultimately settled. And this this woman was the sweetest. She's since passed away. She was so good to her children. And she told me something very important. She said, too good is no good. Mm -hmm. If you're too good to them, it damages them. So we ultimately put some type of crazy settlement on the record. And we're leaving the courthouse. And my client, God love her, gives her son the finger (laughs) as we walk out. And she said, Lynn, did you see that? I gave him the finger. And I said, good for you. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) So, you know, it's it's sad. I mean, and and unfortunately with these estates and money's involved and money makes people crazy. I've had people fighting over small estates. Like there was once a lawsuit over personal property it was it was insane and i had to try a case for two days because second husband accused daughter of taking personal property out of the home two days i mean i won but it was still two days you know and over pictures or yeah coins coins i don't even remember what it was it was stupid as well Yeah, but you find that more people uh, on a personal level like that are willing to go to court and, and just not have, you know, reasonable expectations than people like, you know, like, you know something for business. You know, you, you throw yeah. that personal aspect into it and it just takes overtakes it all. Yeah. You know, guardianship and estate litigation, Judge Lair used to say it's like um, a divorce with money. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Um, other um, other areas of the firm. Obviously, you have you, you both have specific um, you know uh, jobs and and interests and and professions that you have. What what else um, does the firm do outside of what you two do? Um, Take and sure. and tell us a little bit more about that. Sure. So you heard about Lynn and myself. Um, partner Andy Krantz also handles a lot of real estate work. Um, he also handles a lot of liquor license transactions. So many of the bars and restaurants that you go to, Andy probably worked on the transaction on on that. There's only a few, a few attorneys in Monmouth County that I'm aware of that really do that work. There really are. Because it's very specific and it it requires a lot of expertise. Yeah. And, and he knows his stuff. So yeah. the liquor stores, bars, restaurants, um, and he handles a lot of those in addition to the regular real estate practice that he has. Um, Mike Warshaw is a um, commercial uh, trial attorney. Um, he handles Social Security and disability law cases. Um, he also does personal injury. Personal injury. And workers' compensation. Yep. And, um, and general litigation. Um, and John Murdoch, who we uh, who we mentioned before, um, he came over to us from the Wilentz Law Firm. Um, he developed a practice niche um, uh, advising medical uh, practice groups. Um, there are many regulations and, and other considerations that are very specific to to that to that area. Mm-hmm. And uh, John is um, amazingly knowledgeable in in those issues. Um, so I, you know, adamantly uh, refer people that are in the medical field to John when they have questions about their organizational setup. And he also does transactions, sale yes. of, of medical practices. He frequently lectures on HIPAA, uh, which is the mm-hmm. Privacy Act. Right. Um, and, you know, all the requirements that you have to have to meet for that. So um, that's that's his area, which I'd never known anybody who did that before. So. He's a, yeah, a he actually just handled the transaction for one of my clients um, on um, on a sale 
on the sales side. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I, I think my, I'm pretty sure my client was pretty happy. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, it was funny because I had to, I, I had to, um, you know, sign. He had asked me to come down just to sign a sign a letter. Um, you know, on behalf of the on behalf of the bank um, for the, the the sale, and um, you know, I met with him, you know, at your office, and we just kind of met downstairs, and because it was amidst COVID, and we, nobody knew what we were doing, so we just met downstairs, masked on, signed the documents, and I took off. Yeah. <laughs> there, there been, in a, a year ago, we were right in the thick of it. Maybe it was even starting to be a little bit lesser a year ago about a year and three weeks ago we were really in the thick right. of it nobody knew what was going on right we had closings where people would pull up in their car roll the window a tenth of the way down i would slide papers <laughs> through the window they'd sit there with masks on sign all the papers slide it back through i would notarize and that's how we were doing closings yeah. for a while was, yeah we were we were dropping crazy. the stuff on the front porch They'd come out, get it. We'd go back to our car. They'd come out, get the paperwork, go back in, get on the phone and go through the entire yeah. thing. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people, you know, people ask me, um, and maybe you can touch on this from probably the legal aspect a little bit, but people are always asking me, um, you know, why do I need to have a to, to have a physical closing? Now, we've obviously done a, the majority of them remotely. Um, in the bank's case, what we'll do is we'll, you know, the the borrower will sign all the proper documents, you know, in front of their attorney or with their attorney in some methodology, and then they'll scan them all and send them to us. We'll review them, approve them. They'll overnight them. And once we have them, you know, you're good to go. But, um, you know, one of the things that did happen during the pandemic is that we started to use Adobe sign. Um, The, from my understanding and, and, you know, representing, you know, uh, Provident Bank, is that the federal government, you know, the auditors that are coming to us are still looking for wet signatures. But during this whole situation, there was a lot of things that were done through Adobe DocuSign, where you, you really didn't have a physical wet signature. Um, all the PPP loans that we did were done through Adobe DocuSign yeah. um, because we had no choice. There's no way in the world we could have done what we did. Where where do you see that as a possibility kind of moving forward that that will ever happen? Yeah, I really because hope so. I do, too, because it would make life a lot easier. It really for us. would. And, you know, I, I remember um, as a, a, a brand new attorney, I was very, very vigilant about explaining every line of every document right. to the client. And <laughs> they wanted to jump out of the window. Right. You know? <laughs> they, they don't want to be there listening to all this. You know, and I know I understand the the need to um, to to verify signatures. Right. Uh, your people are signing notes and mortgages, right. um, and the bank needs to know that those are not fraudulent signatures. Right. That the borrower can't then claim that it wasn't them who signed it right. um, in the future. So that's I think the the, the central importance. Um, if there's a way that the banks can protect themselves from those kinds of claims. Um, then I think I see it heading right. in that direction. I think we're COVID has made us all more accepting of remote procedures, right. Right. Um, especially in court. Right. Yeah, I mean, well, there's a remote notarization act that I'm sure you've heard of that was passed when COVID started where you can, you know, witness signatures remotely, but it requires a special declaration in the, in a will or, mm-hmm. or, or other related document that you did it remotely pursuant to this law. Um, I tried not to do that because I was concerned about validity issues. You know, you need two witnesses to sign a will, you know, so I to the extent I could, I didn't do it remotely. Mm -hmm. Um, We did have some in-person meetings when we needed them and, you know, masked up, we stayed stayed apart and and had the documents um, signed. So, you know, there's there's always a concern about fraud. And, you know, the Remote Notarization Act says you have to keep it, keep the recording for 10 years. Um, keep the video. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, so, you know, wow. that's another thing. Um, what was your question? Oh, court. Yeah, court. I've been doing court um, via Zoom, Microsoft Teams, or telephone conference since last March or April, whenever they started. I've had actual trials. I had two. Wow. I had one domestic violence trial and one post-judgment alimony modification trial via Zoom. Um, I've argued motions via Zoom. Um, I've done mediations in person and via Zoom. 
Um, I figured out how to do the breakout rooms, which is a nice <laughs> feature. Yeah. It takes me like at least five minutes. I'm like, all right, I'm going to try to separate the parties now. <laughs> I love but, court Zoom. You know, it's. You know, I think it's. I think there's. I think it's going to stay. Uh, oh, without a doubt. Do. do you think that that could actually help accelerate some of the backlog that's in, or, or is it just the attorneys are going to pontificate? Is they pontificated no, as they always said. Do you think it's are helping? You calling us pontificating. <laughs> <laughs> you spent three years not learning you. how to get out of here, Wayne. Not you guys. All the other attorneys. <laughs> you know. I mean, did you see it speed up? Did you see it move faster at all? Or one thing just... that I can I can describe, um, and I think you'd be able to really relate to uh, to this is, you know, when you have a, a, a a litigation file. It's not just show up to court and have a trial. There's many, many court appearances along the way, mm-hmm. right? And when you have those court appearances, sometimes there's nothing really earth shattering that goes on at these right. appearances. They're just management conferences. It's right. just how long do you need to do depositions? Right. And it takes really five minutes. Right. But it's an entire the actual day. event of leaving your office, going to court, walking into the courtroom. There's 25 other attorneys waiting for their case uh, to be conferenced. So you're in there for an hour and a half. Then you get into the judge's chambers. You have your conference. You chit chat a little bit. Then you leave, drive back to your office. It's a three hour event for 10 minutes for a 10 minute product, you know, and now that's a 10 minute product. Right. And it's a 10 minute bill. You know, right. so it's so, very good for the client. So maybe yeah, seeing, maybe sure. seeing, you know, more of the pl- preliminary, you know, meetings on Zoom. Yeah. Where actual, where you, and then when you really get to the meat of the trial, I think so. Then, yeah. So that would be that would a, be helpful to you. A, a lot of that. People. A lot. Some trial matters are touchy feely. Mm-hmm. You, you want to be. Yeah. I mean, I have an estate litigation case where I do not want to do it remotely right. because I think credibility of the witnesses is going to be one of the most important things. Right. And I want a judge to see body language. Right. You know, I don't want to see, you know, from here up. And, right. and, and that's like one of the things I argued. I said, Judge, I don't want to do this case remotely. It's important for credibility. And he said, well, with all due respect, it's not an emergency. You're right. doing it remotely. Right. And, you know, we did it remotely and it, it, the results were, were very good for my clients. So I was happy. Um, and, and we've been told in the matrimonial arena, you know, a lot of this remote work is going to continue. Right. And, you know, instead of going to all the way to court to put through an uncontested divorce and wait for everybody and the cases in front of you and drive and you bill your client for right. travel time, we do the uncontested divorces remotely and it, right. it, it, it works perfectly. Right. Um, and, you know, so those things I think are going to stay. I mean, I think the practice of law as we know it has been forever altered. Wow. And because so, I've heard that there's always, you know, there's a, there's a significant backlog, you know, both, you know, where, both county and right. state Where, where the backlog really is, is these criminal trials. Is in the criminal trials? The criminal okay. area okay. is really having a hard time because okay. I don't think they can do remotely. Right. Um, I'm proud to say Monmouth County Judge Thornton has been wonderful. She's our assignment judge and she has started the um, civil jury trials where the jurors are remote. And the attorneys and the witnesses are in the courtroom. And so they have had um, these uh, several civil jury trials. And, um, you know, apparently it's working and they do they do a walkthrough. They get invited to the courtroom. The attorneys, you know, they get to see the angles. You know, I think there's plexiglass in place. I haven't been there, Mm -hmm. but I hear that, you know, they're really making strides to to make this happen. Um, So the the real backlog, I think, is going to be in the criminal area and and the civil trials, um, because not everybody wants to do them remotely. You know, it's a lot to go into a trial and presenting your evidence. So, like, they really have to do this the right way. And when we have trials via Zoom, you know, we submit all of our documents to the judges in advance for evidence. And then the judge, thank God the judges are more technologically savvy than I am. The judge, I'm like, judge, I'm looking at exhibit B and <laughs> Ms. Stoffberg, let me put that up on the screen for you. Right. Oh, thank you, judge. You know, because I don't know how to do it. Um, so, you know, it's it's definitely a new world. I mean, I got to say, I never, ever, if you told me two years ago, this is the wave of the future and this is what we would be doing, right. I'd never believe never it. Believe. Yeah, when this first started, we 
we like we were sitting here discussing how we were going to do our meeting the next Wednesday. And, uh, you know, we were able to pivot. But like you said, so many things have changed, like some of our, our committee meetings with, within the chamber. I don't think we'll ever go back live. You know, I I think like some of the some of the things like the executive board meeting and board meeting are, are going to go back live pretty quickly. But just you know, like you said, you know, it's 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 a, instead of a three hour commitment, it's it's you know an hour. You you turn your desk and you're there for an hour and then you're done. Right. You know, it gives you more time to do stuff. Um, you know, like I took my mom to the hospital yesterday just for a COVID test. Four hours. For a, you know, a fifteen second. They're, they're not going to do those remotely. They could have. They just refused to accept it. She had one. She had one sitting here, and then you know, two hours later, she had another one because they wouldn't accept the one from the assisted living. So, oh. um, so we do we got about 15 minutes left and there's a couple of things we did want to touch on number one we have something called spinnaker coming up and and we've yeah. touched on that a little bit but yeah. tell us what's going on with that sure and by the way we we are very lucky to have rayak up here who is the chairman of the spinnaker committee uh former chair former vice chair been a member here for about 25 years um one of the most engaged chamber members i think i've ever met you know we did we you know uh chris ryan and i and myself worked on what does it mean to be a a, you know a board member in the in a chamber and you know we took ray ekoff as the perfect person to uh to model a board member after so again um but tell us about your spinnaker so the spinnaker's coming up on june 9th and we actually um we had a our spinnaker's normally in january uh we fully realized you know uh at the you know towards november last year that january was never going to happen so we had pushed it out to the the 28th of um of april saying oh vaccines are coming we should be in good shape Nobody expected the second spike, so we moved it again out to June 9th. So, but we are set for June 9th with the with the easing of the restrictions. Um, we anticipate probably having about 175 to 200 people there in in, in person. Um, now it's at the Sheridan in Eatontown, and which is nice because they have a lot of room. Um, that room can actually hold. I think the room can actually hold technically like 400 people. Um, so we're going to be much less than that. So we're going to be able to move things around and, uh, you know, keep people more socially distant, um, you know, and we're going to have the cocktail hour, weather permitting, you know, we'll be mostly outside. Um, and we will even actually have an area outside the, um, the ballroom where if people are not comfortable, um, you know, sitting inside, we'll have some table outside that they can socially distance and we'll have videos up. So we've made a lot of plans to, um, you know, to really work the organization's biggest event, which um, you know, we've been running um, for almost 30 years, the uh, Spinnaker um, uh, Awards Dinner. And I think I've been chairing it for the past 15, um, <laughs> I think, give or take, um, chairing or co-chairing. So um, it's an exciting time. There's, there's a lot of, uh, you know, nice honorees that we have. And uh, we're really looking forward to having to having you guys there. Um, yes. to represent the firm um, and you know you're um, helping us by sponsoring which is another terrific thing so we appreciate that um, but it is a really great event I mean we um, we'll be honoring, honoring a full slate of people uh, including uh, Good and Plants Bakery out on, on Route 36 up in Hazlitt they've been around for forever just kind of like your firm has um, and it's a really good opportunity um, hopefully for us and everybody will feel comfortable um, you know actually getting together again face to face because I think that's really something that's been missing. There's only so many Zoom calls that you yeah. can go on. Um, you know, it, it's been it's been really tough. It's been tough on the chamber too. You know, um my wife Jennifer um runs the chamber um and she's doing a fantastic job doing that. Um you know and the things that she's had to do over the past uh, 12 months have, have really uh you know pushed the limits of what a, a chamber can and can't do but without a doubt but, but holding a lot of you know zoom events um podcast and coffee you know um things like that um that have really 
benefited, I think, our members. But um, yeah, it's a big event coming up. We're really excited to be able to do it in person um, because there's still um, events that are going on now um, that um, have limitations set on it, whether it's a limitation set by the facility um, or a limitation set because they're just concerned because, you know, again, nobody wants to be in a situation where, you know, uh, you know, somebody there has COVID, doesn't know it and it spreads. Right. And that's the concern, you know, Absolutely. for all of us. Um, but again, I think more and more people, you know, in New Jersey are becoming vaccinated. And yeah, and I, you know, it's, it's and I fully expect I, that everybody yeah. who shows up there is going to be vaccinated. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's strange. I, you know, I I feel like most of the people that I I deal with, um, both personally and and from a business standpoint, uh, I feel like most of them have been um, yeah. and and want to be. Um, I, interestingly, and again, this is, this is amazing when you, I mean, I know we're kind of veering off the subject a little bit, <laughs> but I was with, at a closing yesterday with a woman that's a nurse and she's not vaccinated. Really? She doesn't want to be vaccinated. Wow. That's I, I've got the same experience um, and I'm really shocked at that. Yeah. I am going to drag you back to the yeah. spinnaker though, because yeah. I want to, I want to touch on, <laughs> I, I don't want to get too Thank far. You, yeah. No. Yeah, just, yeah. So one of the other reasons that we have the spinnaker award is it's our major fundraiser for our education foundation. Now we touched on the education foundation a little bit earlier, um, but I, I want to emphasize that it, we struggle to get people to uh, submit applications for it. And the applications are available on our, our website, emac.org. And they're due today, though. Well, we also have next year. So if you're <laughs> out there, if you're out there and you're a non-traditional student, if you're going to not for a degree, but a uh, certificate that, you know, there's a there's a place there for you. If you're looking to go uh, some type of an apprentice, there's a there's something there for you. But please you know, apply for these, you know, we, we want to make it competitive. We want people to, to earn it. And, you know, we, we do a really good job. I mean, the education foundation does a great job about both raising money and finding people in need to promote, you know, Monmouth County education. Um, but as I said, it is a fundraiser for that. So we're doing a raffle and I'm not sure what the raffle, what we're raffling off. We haven't gotten the tickets, uh, yet, but, uh, you know, reach out to us and, you know, they're, they're this is what we're yeah, trying to do. Yeah, one of the most interesting things about um, the uh, the foundation is that um, when it was started, I believe Al reached out for Florence Forgotson. I remember Florence. And um, <laughs> if I am correct, I believe that she was the first female attorney. You are correct. Um, in either the state of New Jersey or the county? In Monmouth. I, I, I definitely Monmouth. think it's Monmouth, yeah. And she was she was integral. Uh, she had an, played an integral role in, in helping set up and to continue the fund, the Education Foundation. Mm. Um, you know, I'll never forget having a, a, an event at her house on um, the Nivisink River, um, you know, where we invited the awardees um, to that event for a little cocktail reception. And She's just a, was such a wonderful woman um, and such open and, and, and she was so supportive of the Education Foundation for so long. And, um, you know, I've had I've had individuals um, that I know that I worked with that applied for and received scholarships um, from the foundation. And, you know, again, it, it depends on any given year. Um, I think we've given out they've given out as many as 12 uh, in a year. Um so there is a way for um, for the individuals to apply for still for this year and then certainly looking for you next year. And also by visiting our website and, and clicking on the Edu Education Foundation link, there's also a way to uh, make donations and you can make um, you know specific donations and you can do larger donations, whatever you'd like to do. So it's a really it's a really great opportunity. Yeah. And it, yeah. it is really one of the best organizations that. You know, for, yeah. for education it's, in the yeah. area. Yeah, we do have some other things coming up. We have uh, 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 a business after hours coming up, uh, and I'm sorry, I don't have the the dates in front of me. You, you, the, uh, out on our, obviously, you can um, you can uh, check on the chamber's website. Um, also, if you uh, Google the chamber on uh, LinkedIn, uh, Eastern Monmouth Area Chamber of Commerce, our post will come up. And it, we we just recently had a post of everything that we're doing in May. We have a breakfast next next week. Yes. On Wednesday morning, that is in person. Um, that's at the Sheridan. Um, they do a nice job there. Again, we have we, we have we do it in the uh, 
there's an atrium area that has nice high vaulted ceilings so that um, we can properly social distance there as well. Um, you know, so uh, we have a lot of things coming up. I think there's four things coming up this month. Yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah. And then we have Beach Bash coming up over the summer, uh, uh, Christmas in July, which is going to be at the uh, I'm pretty sure that we firmed up that it's going to be at the uh, Red Bank Elks. Right. And, uh, you know, looking for sponsorship for all of these. Uh, sponsorship in the chamber is is one of the best spend money. It gets you know you get great exposure, uh, and it's just so so as as and you can't see it, and and that's why um, I realize now that Jennifer, when she does the podcast, it's here. So she just landed off a flight from Detroit. Oh yeah, and so. First of all, it's a 50-50 cash raffle at, at Spinnaker. Awesome. Okay. Uh, uh, we have the Business Networking Breakfast, which is on the 12th. Uh, May 25th is um, the is um, is at the Long Branch Distillery. That's a business after hours if you've never been there. Um, and then Christmas in July is July 27th at the Elks Club in Red Bank. Um, and then there's a conversation and coffee in mid-May, which, again, that's, that's virtual. Um, <laughs> So she obviously is, is, is just, I think she said her flight was landing at 930. She must have jumped off uh, the flight and gotten right on. She's probably sitting in the uh, terminal, you know, connected and, and, and watching, um, which shows her dedication. Wow. To the that, was very, that was actually very helpful. You know, so there Thank we go. Thank you, Jennifer. So look at all that. Look at everything popping up. Look at that. 20 posts. You know, terrific. Um, but again, I, we, you know, certainly if you, um, if there's anything else you want to just, just say in general, I mean, I mean, I know we've covered ever, just probably just about everything that we, we, we can, and you probably felt like, wow, there's a lot of questions. Um, <laughs> but again, this is obviously designed to be interactive and help promote, you know, somebody that's so been so supportive of the chamber for so long. And we appreciate that. And, you know, and I know Al, Al and um, his wife, Robin, you know, uh, you know, been so good to the chamber over the years. And uh, we really do appreciate that. And I know the firm has been um, well respected for a very, very long time in Red Bank. I mean, you know, the firm's been around for 60, 60 years. years plus. Yeah. yeah. We, we're, we're very honored, you know, yeah. to receive an award and uh, we appreciate it very much. The Spinnaker Award is a prestigious award in yeah. the area and, and we're tremendously honored yeah. for yes. it. So thank you. So on behalf of all of us at the firm, the partners and our staff and our office manager, Madeline, who's yeah. been with the firm over 30 years. Wow. Um, she's amazing and dedicated. So on That's behalf great. of all of us, thank you so much. Yeah. Did you turn in something? I thought I turned it off. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice little dance beat going on. <laughs> but it's off. I don't understand why it still wins. <laughs> so, you know, and kind of just in the last uh, you know minute or so, again, um, on behalf of the chamber, thank you for coming. We enjoyed having you. It was great to see you again, Kevin. You too, right? Um, Thanks. And um, Lynn, was very nice to meet you Thanks. as well. Yeah. Um, we're thrilled again to have you. And, and Spinnaker is coming up on June 9th. The chamber, you know, we are we're very hopeful that we will, um, you know, as, as things progress and um, as, as the governor opens up, you know, more and more things for us to do. Uh, in person, you know, obviously what we're going to try and do and as a chamber is to try and hold more outdoor events, you know, um, mm -hmm. help people feel more comfortable coming back out. But, um, you know, I know that I've missed it. Absolutely. You know, I, I've missed that interpersonal uh, interaction. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think it goes a long way, um, you know, for building relationships. And that's what the chamber's one of the main things that the chamber is all about. Right. Is building those long term relationships. You know, it's, it's kind of hard to do over a Zoom call. Yeah. It's time uh, to have some fun again. You know, yeah. yeah. It, it's really time to just um, um, to, to get back out there. And I mean, I know that there are, uh, you know, are people that are concerned. And, and I think that we will continue to do everything that we can. We even do um, uh, rubber wristbands with red, uh, red, yellow, and green, which is red, don't touch me, and stay away. <laughs> and wear a mask. Yellow is like, I'm okay, but don't get too close. And green is like, hey, I'm fully vaccinated. I'm good to go. I'm going to, I'm going to be, yeah, that, be that, okay. That's interesting. Like you never like know. It. Like, we actually had an in person trustees meeting for the bar association last night, and almost everybody was hugging. 
but there is one woman in the corner. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, don't hug me. I'm like, okay. (laughs) I had a meeting yesterday. Understood. You know, everybody's got a right to their own uh, level of comfort. Absolutely. And you you don't know their conditions. You don't know they can't have the. So, listen, as we get back out, you know, we, we are always looking for you know, more people to show up at our events and to join us. And, and one of the best ways to find out about the chamber is to show up to one of the events to meet the people that are there. So for anybody who wants to come to one of our events for the first time, we're, it's going to be on us. All right. Not one of our, you know, our, our uh, yearly, you know, like Spinnaker is not free for the first time. Right. <laughs> but, you know, in any one of our regular monthly events, if you want to come and check us out, come as our guests. And, and see what it's like and, and meet the people. I think that once you come, that you're going to stay. And, and that's our experience. So come and check us out. Yeah. You know, look at our, our uh, uh, website, the website, uh, emac.org. Look at our Facebook, uh, emac and Jay. Uh, up on, we have uh, videos on YouTube uh, under emac. Um, we're out there. Check us out. But ultimately, you want to come and visit us and see the people. Yeah. And, uh, you know, our membership chair will definitely get you involved and get you to meet the people that uh, are going to help you grow your business. And, you know, as our director says all the time, you know, you're not in business until you join the business community. And this is the business community for Eastern Monmouth Area Chamber of Commerce. So we thank you for coming. It's great having you. Thank you. And uh, we've reached the end of our time. So we have. So uh, thanks, Tim. Thanks for hosting with me. Thanks for showing up. It was great to be here. Good job. (laughs) Thank you all. Thank Thank you you very much. Awesome. All right.